Hey family, welcome to another edition of Cool Jazz Conversations here on WSSV 90.3 FM. My name is Marcella Shapard, the bass man. And if you didn't know, June is Black Music Month. So to help celebrate our musical history and contributions, I am pleased to be joined today by an award-winning journalist who works in television, radio, print, and new media. The brother has a complete expertise in Black politics in America, and definitely Maryland politics as well. He's hanging out with me on this Black Music Month special. It is my good frat brother, Charles Robinson. Welcome to Cool Jazz Conversations. How you doing, bro? Hey, Bass. Thanks so much for allowing me to come join you on this endeavor. Now I want to give a shout out to all the people who live in Orangeburg, South Carolina. I actually used to live on Treadwell Street, wow. which is right down the street from South Carolina State. To all my friends who may have gone to that school, do you remember when they used to serve your fried bologna sandwiches <laughs> on white bread oh, with man. lettuce, tomato? Baby, that you was a meat. <laughs> I'm not talking small. Back. I'm talking thick pieces of bologna from off the big bologna. Did it did it have that wrapper going around it? You know they fried it so hard that the sucker fell <laughs> You gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. Well, listen, we have a lot to get into, Charles, and we only have an hour to do it. And when you talk about Black music, music that has changed the the landscape of the world music that has um has definitely led into other genres and other cultures right black music has has been with us since the day the earth was formed right there was a beat to a drum that we've all been walking to and when it comes to our people making that music it's a beat that truly it it, it rings within your heart in every step that you take well, based one of the things that, um, you know, I read when you reached out to him, I began to think about music that changed the way we thought about music. Mm. So I decided to curate what I would call my top 10 list of songs and musicians who changed the way probably all of us of a particular age, younger and older, maybe thought about how music was being made specifically in the jazz genre mm -hmm. uh, on on this uh, jazz countdown so if you want let's just jump right on in let's do it man who do you have at uh, number 10 on this uh, at number 10 list? is a guy by the name of hugh Masakila. yeah he was from out of south africa for your younger audience most people know his son who's like the aficionado <laughs> of like skateboarding and right. uh, all the extreme sports. Mm -hmm. But He's on the Hugh Olympics Mas all the time and everything. Right. And 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 Hugh was a part of a group of musicians that was hanging out in New York. And one of the things they were doing is they were listening to jazz. So they heard Charlie Bird Parker, they heard Miles, they heard Herbie, and they heard a lot of different things. But they began to add to our knowledge think about this south africa had banned people like hugh masakila yeah um it, it, during that period because the apartheid regime right. was in full effect so when you come to america you're looking for communities that would embrace you mm -hmm. uh think about parts of harlem or spanish harlem if you will 
And you have all this, if you will, music coming at you from different directions. Mm -hmm. Hugh is absorbing all of this. And he lays down a track called Grazing in the Grass. Oh, yeah. Let me just tell you, it was a summer anthem. Yes. You know, if you were if you were in New York, you heard that cowbell and you was like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Probably the most interesting part about this song is how songs travel. You know, um, while it was an instrumental and it was on a trajectory that very few people knew, right. it moved to the pop charts. Oh, yeah. But it was a soundtrack to some people's lives. The other part was there's a group out in California who heard the same song and they decided to add some lyrics to it. Friends That would have been Friends of Distinction. Yes, sir. And they added actual words to grazing in the grass my favorite refrain from that is what grazing in the grass is a gas can you dig yeah, it it's so real <laughs> <laughs> look, look i wish i could sing like just i know you can't, can't hit that new but let's go ahead and hop into that one, man. 1968, Hugh Masekela, Grazing in the Grass, as we celebrate uh, the top 10 jazz tunes that changed the direction of music right here on Cool Jazz Conversations.
and truly one of the biggest hits of 1968, uh, uh, album or a song that crossed over into several genres. Of course, we just talked about Friends of Distinction who did it with the vocal version, but Willie Bobo also had a Latin version of the tune as well. Uh, Herb Alpert, and again, the, the cowboy uh, cowbell sets it off. It's almost like it's calling everyone to the table, right? Like, come on, dinner's ready, party time, whatever it is. <laughs> you hear that and 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 you, you come on to graze in the grass with Hugh Masekela, man. That's number 10 right there. Loving it so far, brother. What you got for number nine? Number nine is somebody you were with recently, and that's Roy Ayers. Oh, yeah. Uh, the vibraphonist was given his first instrument by famed vibraphonist Lionel Hampton. Mm -hmm. Now, think about that. He got that in the 30s, okay? Wow. Ayers had yeah. a very unique pedigree. You know, in those early days, he would back up famed flautist Herbie Mann. Mm -hmm. And you can see him, if you've ever watched the Summer of Soul, the, uh, uh, the, the award-winning Summer of Soul, you'll see him playing vibraphone. You know, as the 70s arrived, there were questions about a lot of artists who claimed they were playing jazz. In fact, mm -hmm. there was this unique question. Is Roy Harris playing jazz? Right. Well, he answered his critics and then had a major hit where he is playing on a track called Running Away. Man, oh man. <laughs> it is one of those classic tunes where there is a driving rhythm mm -hmm. and he comes in with this mellow vibraphone yeah. solo. Yeah, let's let's hop right into it, man. This right here is a instant party starter. As soon as you hear these drums and the bass line, let's hop into it, man. We got Roy Ayers at number nine right here. This one is Running Away.
know what's crazy, Charles? This this song is like a, a breakup song, right? If you, you think about the <laughs> lyrics, right? Well, you know, hey, I'm taking my bag and I'm running away because you've been mean to me and I've been good to you and I've been oh so strong. I think the funniest part about this song is, you know how it starts, right? Scooby-Doo. Right, 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 right. It's like, huh? It's the cartoon. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. Was it Scooby-Doo or Shooby-Doo? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it was, it's genius though, right? But that's, that's the genius of Roy, you know, a brother who's a pioneer in both soul jazz and acid jazz and a brother whose music has been sampled so many times, right? He, right? He's one of the driving forces in hip hop in the early days of hip hop being sampled. So yeah, Roy Ayers, man, you, you can't beat that brother. And again, yes, I was just with him uh, this past weekend. He performed at the uh, Baltimore Jazz Fest and it's always good to be around the incredible Roy Ayers. He's in at number nine, man. We're moving right along, bro. We're up to number eight. Who's your number eight artist? Pianist Ramsey Lewis. Ah. Ramsey Lewis was based out of Chicago and he was signed to the chess label. You know, Chicago has its blues and jazz influences. Despite the music in the streets and the nightclub, Lewis's playing was tempered by a producer named Charles Stevens. Hmm. Stevens introduces Lewis to a drummer by the name of Maurice White. Wow. You know Maurice White of EWF fame, hmm. but before he created it, he was with uh, Ramsey Lewis. It is during this period where there are a pair of recordings. One album was called Mother Nature's Son. Mm. Stevens asked Lewis to reinterpret several Beatles songs, including one by the name of Julia. What's fascinating about this is that it was the name of the probably the most popular black TV show that oh, featured Diane Carroll. Yes. The follow-up album, we'll talk about that after you take a listen to Parts of Julia. I love the orchestral accompaniment. Strings just add so much drama to a song, right? And and the way this one, it's it's a slow build. It starts out, it's, you know, you, you're drifting on a memory, if you will, and then it, it kind of drives a little bit and he mm -hmm. takes that thing home, man. Incredible tune. Well, let me also add another uh, song to this group. And it comes from Ramsey Lewis again. It was actually recorded live in a nightclub in D.C. known as The Cavern. Bohemian and for Cavern. those of a particular age, mm -hmm. you knew you were hip because you were in the in crowd. Yes, sir.
man, you talk about a good time, boy. They, everybody in that venue that night was clapping, singing, tapping, all of that stuff, man. Uh, as that groove comes in, one of Ramsey's biggest hits is as well, the end crowd. Everybody loved that, man. Okay, I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this list, and time is just moving on by. If you were just joining us, this is our Black Music Month special here on Cool Jazz Conversations. I am chopping it up with the audiophile, the walking encyclopedia of music, my good brother Charles Robinson here, as we are playing for you today top 10 jazz tunes or artists that change the direction of music, our music in particular. And we're now up to number seven. Who do you have? Well, first and foremost, I have always wanted to go to this festival. It's called Mantra. Oh, it's yeah. in Switzerland. Yeah. And anybody who thinks they're anybody in the jazz world wants to play at Montreux. Mm -hmm. Well, in the late 60s, there were two accomplished musicians, Les McCann and Eddie Harris. Oh, Let yeah. me just say that either one of these cats could have played the bill by themselves, but they decided to collaborate on probably one of the most interesting and unique music collaborations that you will ever hear. Yeah. How about this compared to what? Here it is, man. 1967 compared to what? I love the and I the love I'm hanging on me push and shove Possession is the motivation that is hanging up the goddamn nation looks like we always end up in a rut. Everybody now trying to make it real compared to what? Come on, Are killing hoes, twisted children are killing frogs. Poor dumb rednecks rolling logs, tired old ladies kissing dogs. I hate the human love of that stinking mud. I can't use it, I'm trying to make it real compared to what. what it's for nobody gives us a rhyme or reason half of one doubt they call it treason with chicken feathers all the way out one nut. god damn it I'm trying to make it real compared to what
Sunday sleeping not trying to duck the wrath of God. Preachers filling us with fright. They all trying to teach us what they think is right. They really got to be some kind of nut. I can't use it. I'm trying to make it real compared to what. What I love about this tune is number one, it's it's live, right? Right. The, the rhythm section, tight. You got Benny Bailey on trumpet, mm-hmm. uh, Leroy Vinegar on bass, Donald Dean doing work on the drums. But lyrically, it's an incredible song as well. The song, uh, the lyrics written by vocalist Gene, uh, was uh, Gene McDaniels. Mm-hmm. is his name. I love the lie and lie the love. Hanging <laughs> on with push and shove. Possession is the motivation that is hanging up the goddamn thing. <laughs> Looks like we always end up in a rut trying to make it real compared to what. Now, the way it is sung, there's so much emotion that comes out in the way he sings this that shh, it's a game changer, man. This song will always stand out. As a result of that, covered, of course, by Ray Charles, covered by Roberta Flack and many others. But uh, yeah, truly one of the greatest live tunes right there compared to what Les McCann and Eddie Harris. All right, so let's move on to number six. Number six is somebody that uh, has been around a while and bucked the trends of where jazz is going. Mm. You know, when you hear something that's different, you know it. You know, I learned of the Marsalises on the Fathers and Sons album. It featured the New Orleans-based family. The Marsalises weren't interested in following the trends of fusion, funk, or experimentation. Mm. They liked their jazz, like most people like their liquor. Straight. Straight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. What most people didn't know that Wynn could also play classical music. I'm reminded that musicians often interpret what they think and hear. Thus, on his third album, we get the tune, Insane Asylum. Man, let's hop into it right here on Cool Jazz Conversations.
the song it, it truly mirrors the name right this is an insane song insane asylum off of that j mood album which also on that same album charles uh is a song that had a riff in it that gave birth to one of the biggest house music songs which is hot music by soho it's on a, uh, a tune called skein's domain that dun, 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 that is taken from skein's domain that is in the song hot now music. you'll make me re-listen to this of course Bruh, I'm <laughs> telling you, I'm t- that that riff makes that whole song yeah but anyway uh this one went to marsalis marcus roberts robert hurst the third and uh, my man jeff tain watts doing work uh, on that particular tune there insane asylum big shout out to the first family of jazz nea jazz masters the marsalis family they're in at number six which takes us up to number five who's in at number five charles here's a classic for you donnie hathaway oh yeah you know, Donnie was at Howard University and he was far ahead of most musical students, maybe except for his muse, Roberta Flack. Mm. You know, in the hallways, on the yard, and in those music rooms, they would experiment. And they would also find solace in Black spirituals. Mm. You know, they weren't afraid to explore the world outside of Howard. You know, following graduation, Hathaway would join Aretha Franklin, becoming the musical soundtrack for what we know today as soul. Yeah. You know, Hathaway would get his own solo recording contract. He would write and produce. His very first album was called Everything is Everything, producing the classic song, The Ghetto. Mm -hmm. While it did extremely well. It was the collaborations that Hathaway had with Flack that would become classics. Well, let's go back to that song, The Ghetto. Okay. You know, um, Donnie Hathaway recorded a live album and it showcased Hathaway on the electric piano. But there's a very young drummer who happened to be Maurice White's younger brother, Fred White. Yeah. How about a little bit of the ghetto, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, 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 oh,
You know, Charles, I think this is the first song on record to have the soul clap recorded. I can't think of another song prior to You're right. I was trying to think. No, you know, when he said, How about a little soul clap? You was like, Damn. Yeah, you mean you mean multiple rhythmic clap? Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's the first one on record right there, man. One of my favorites of his. And it's it's 12 uh, 12 minutes of musical fun. Of course, we couldn't get all 12 minutes in today, but uh, one incredible live recording from our good frat brother, the late great Donnie Hathaway. May he rest in peace. Taking us to number four now, who we have? Let me just say this. There are multiple people on this countdown who have multiple times when they have done the incredible. Mm -hmm. Our next one comes from Grover Washington Jr. Oh yeah. You know, there are some songs that only need about four bars to know that they are qualified as memorable. Mm -hmm. Mr. Magic falls into this category. You know, bass, I was very fortunate to see a live performance of this song when it was at the top wow. of the charts. Nice. You know what I was not prepared for What's that? was Grover Washington. His headliner was a guy by the name of Al Jarreau. Mm. He said, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring Al Jarreau to provide some vocal interpretations. Wow. Let me just say this. Bass, after I heard that, I said, there is nothing that can outdo that. Wow. Well, fast forward three years later, when Washington puts out live from the bijou oh, yeah. and yes it includes mr magic mm -hmm. probably the most memorable song that you remember from that year because it came out in the summer it was called summer song yeah as you listen to it it will take you back to things you remember here it is summer song grover washington jr here on cool jazz conversations Get that fever now. 
brother, I love that song. Just how it starts out, you know. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, the melody just grabs you from from the jump, right? Right. But let, let me also point out another classic off of that same album, Sausalito. Um, my, you know what my favorite is from there? When that? he goes, when he says, now we have two doctors in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Dr. J. And Dr. Gibbs. <laughs> there it is, man. There it is, man. So much, I mean, just live music is, there's something about live music that you just can't replace. You just, it just gives a whole different element uh, right. to, to any song out there. So yeah, hats off to the live music. Listen, keep it moving because we're running out of time, man. We are, we're up to number three. Who's in number three? Well, we have a tie at number three. Okay. Um, Algero, you know, a tie, a tie is cheating, by the way, Charles. <laughs> no, it's Let me not. just point that out. Because if I don't put you know, both of these, a top ten list is now a top eleven. No, it know. is a top go ahead, ten. Go ahead, go ahead. All right, so you know, I became a huge fan of Algero, and mm -hmm. also got a chance to introduce him in a concert in Richmond, Virginia. Wow. You know, the Wisconsin native could sing literally anything. Uh, FYI, you know, he hosted a New Year's Eve show with Kermit the Frog on Sesame Street. What, that, uh, look, look, what would you expect? <laughs> right. <laughs> I can see him doing that for sure. Right. But here's that thing that um, you, everybody who's ever seen Al Jarreau is that you never know what's going to happen in a live performance. Yeah. So there is an album out called Look to the Rainbow, which showcases his work as he travels around Europe. Yeah. You know, what would a morning be without listening could you to take, take five? that I'm alive, I'm alive. Although I'm going out on my way, hit you so I can pass by each day. Not a single word do we say. It's a pantomime and out of time, still I know all eyes are for me. Half a tingles down to my feet, when your smile is much too discreet, it send me gone away. Now wouldn't it be better not to be so polite? Would you look good all through a light? You start a little conversation, now it's all right. When you're taking five. <laughs> Take a little time out with me, the pretty baby. Take five. You stop 
Man, oh, the memories of this brother here, man. Gone, but definitely not forgotten. Algero, take five. So fast forward or rewind, whichever way you want to look at it, a few years <laughs> back. Uh, it was International Jazz Day in Washington, D.C., right? The, the national, the international celebration was in D.C., and I went to see Diane Reeves. She had uh, Cyrus Chestnut on piano. Uh, I forget who was on drum. Naza Abaday and I forget who was on. James King, I think, was on bass. Anyway, I see them. I look at the schedule. I see that Al Jarreau is going to be performing at the Kennedy Center, right? Mm -hmm. So check this out, Charles. And I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it. At that point, I had never been to the Kennedy Center inside i've been to events outside around you know but i had never been to any of the stages inside i pull up there's a spot right outside i get out of the car i see people going in one particular door i go around i say hey i'm looking for this particular stage they say oh you got to go around the other way well when i come around the corner i see a guy going into a side door i'm thinking it's an entrance i open the door i go in it's a security booth I tell the lady, hey, I'm, I'm here to see Al Jarreau. She's like, oh, okay, sweetie, not a problem. Go right around the corner, take the elevator up to the fourth floor. Okay, cool. I go around the corner. It's a small freight elevator. I get in, hit the button, go up to the fourth floor, get out as a security guard right there. Hey, I'm here to see Al Jarreau. Yeah, bro, go right around the corner. I go around the corner and I'm walking and I'm looking. I'm like, these are dressing rooms. They sent me backstage. I hear Al Jarreau singing now, <laughs> right? So I walk towards his voice and I end up backstage. I walk in backstage. There is a, uh, a guy, lighting technician working at a board, right? Mm -hmm. And there's maybe a producer off to the side on the side of, uh, of the curtain. Mm -hmm. And there's two seats right there. I sit down and watch Al Jarreau perform backstage. Then when he finishes performing, his health is... It's starting to fail him at this point. I help Al Jarreau off the stage. Damn, boy. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. Come on, man. One of, one of the most memorable uh, moments with Al Jarreau. And Didi Bridgewater was on the bill that day. Too. Ouch. Very nice picture of the two of them together, man. Anyway, Al Jarreau at number three. Let's go to 3.1. Who's at 3.1? Here's a person that uh, you love and I love as well. How about some George Benson? Oh, yeah. You know, the world changed after the release of Breezin, yeah. because on this album, he records a Leon Russell tune. For those who don't know, Leon Russell was an actual rock writer and singer. And he had this song that someone brought to George called This Masquerade. Mm. You know, nothing has ever changed the direction of jazz music. Yeah. And so let's listen a little bit to This Masquerade.
searching but not finding understanding anywhere we're lost in a mass masquerade man that brother can scat he can play he can strum he can pluck he he, he can do it all <laughs> it's, it's such a great time man it's just laid back beautiful that brother can do everything man george benson this masquerade incredible interpretation of that classic man let's keep it moving we're up to number two who do we have this is one of those artists that you know uh spans decades it's herbie hancock so where do i begin you know as a young piano player for miles davis he urged Hancock to leave notes for others to play. His obscurity ended when he put out a solo album project called Headhunters. Oh, yeah. Let me just say this. Come on, man. Chameleon, I think it's 17 plus minutes long. It is. Guess what? It was a generational anthem. Yes. Yes, still to this day, you put that thing on, man. And it, again, it just, it's so many movements. You know what? Let's hop into it, man. Uh, a shortened version of Chameleon right here on Cool Jazz Conversations. Headhunters alone. We could do a whole show on them because there was oh, so Mike, many artists. Mike on drums? Yeah, man. I mean, I you mean, think oh. of Mike. Look, understand this. Let's get to the last one so we can keep on keep it. Yeah, moving. let's let's take it home, man. Who's in at number one on this uh top 10 list of, of artists that that changed the direction of music? There's only one person that you and I know who has never ever sat, sat still, and that is Miles Davis. Miles so Davis. let me let me suggest to you that whatever you think about that Miles Davis is not who he is, and whoever <laughs> you think he is, he is that and more. Right. <laughs> so you know, I went to see Miles Davis after he came out of retirement in 1980 mm-hmm. in Sunrise, Florida. Let me just tell you this, base. It was the most eclectic audience I've ever been around. It was the white college professor. It was the brother with a black liberation badge and a group of punk rockers. None of those people belong in the same room. No, <laughs> this sounds like a joke. <laughs> right, it's a joke. And I would suggest you watch a number of documentaries, docudramas, mm-hmm. read his Bert's book and search for stories of people who knew Miles. You know, things I would urge you to listen to 
includes someday my prince will come yeah. round midnight. Mm. So what? Okay. In the classic, my funny Valentine. So beautiful. But never resting. I'm also drawn to seven several albums, including I know one of your favorites, Bitches Brew. I have the LP in the back. <laughs> and of course, who knew that Tutu, mm. his homage to Archbishop Desmond Tutu, mm. would win a Grammy and create the classic song done by Cindy Lauper, time after time. time. Yeah. I hope you found a new appreciation for Miles. Lastly, and I know you're like me, I've heard stories about this. Prince invited Miles to come hang out with him at Paisley Park. And I've actually been to Paisley Park. Nice. They spent a whole week together at Paisley Park. And if you don't know anything about Prince, Prince gets up about three o'clock in the morning and says, all right, let's start playing. Hmm. Guess what? It's Miles and Prince. It's in that vault. Remember they opened that vault for Prince? Oh, yeah, yeah, And guess what? They haven't released that one yet. Wow. And I can't wait to see and hear it. Yeah. Bass, thank you so much for allowing me to um, chime in on the music that you and I both love. Charles, it has been a pleasure, brother, uh, hanging out with the audiophile like yourself. You know, I could not think of anyone else who could bring uh, the great history and a breath of fresh air uh, to the show as we talk about uh, our contributions to music, the Black experience in music. And this list is like none other, man. So thank you very, very much for- Oh, let me give you the disclaimer. Oh, go ahead. What's the disclaimer? Disclaimer is if you don't like my list, Create your own daggone list. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Charles, let folks know where they can find your commentary and uh, some of your pieces as well. First and foremost, um, if you Google C3 Newsman, you can find me across platforms. I do a number of things on SoundCloud. Of course, if uh, you're on Twitter, it's C3 Newsman. Uh, on Facebook. You can find me via that, that methodology as well. And let me just say this. I still love what I do, man. Yeah. You know, and here's the fun part. You know, I do the serious stuff, but this is where I really have a lot of fun. Most definitely, brother. Well, it has been fun hanging out with you. Family, that is going to do it for this Black Music Month edition of Cool Jazz Conversations. The program is a production of TVM Productions and is broadcast from its home of WSSB 90.3 FM at South Carolina State University. You can check out the podcast of the program at iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Alexa, Amazon, Player FM, pretty much everywhere music is streamed. And you can also check us out at www.cooljazzconversations.podbean.com. Dot com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cool Jazz Conversations. My name is Marcella Shapard, the bass man. Until next time, y'all be good. Peace. Peace.